Valix, New Wild Review, Volume 1, Episode 4, Letting Nature Take Its Course. I'm your host, Monty Merrick. In this episode, I'm going to read to you a essay, a very short essay, that uh, uh, originally was published on our website, birdallyx.net, B-I-R-D-A-L-L-Y-X dot N-E-T, and also uh, was then later republished in the um, wonderful and quite beautiful magazine Wild Hope, uh, which I believe is published in Marin County. I wrote the piece um, immediately after a uh, bison calf was picked up by tourists in Yellowstone and taken to a ranger who, um, after chastising the people, of course, for interfering, um, uh, were unable to get the bison reunited with the parents and the bison died. And there was uh, a lot of a lot of criticism from, you know, uh, to put it in my side of the aisle, so to speak, you know, wildlife advocates who were, why did these people interfere in the first place? They should never have interfered. Um, they should have, you know, and that and that led to uh, people using that phrase, letting nature take its course. And at a certain point, I I felt. It was necessary to um, apply some countervailing, uh, you know, perspective on that. Because it's a common expression, let nature take its course. And we learn it while we're young. I mean, it can be used in many ways. But in the end, what it always means is that the best outcome can be achieved by doing nothing. That left alone. The inevitable outcome is the preferred outcome. Uh, You know, when you're doing wildlife rehabilitation, you practically hear this expression every day. Two months ago, a man called from somewhere out on Highway 36 and he'd found a fawn by the side of the road with a dead doe, presumably the fawn's mother, most likely hit by a vehicle. The caller had already talked to a local government agent to find help. The ranger said it would be better to let nature take its course, he said, but I couldn't just leave the little guy there. Will you take him? Of course we would. And we did. Um, And the fawn is doing well, is now being weaned from a bottle to foraging for greens in the company of other fawns, untamed. If all continues to go well, he will soon be released back into a wild herd. Two weeks ago, we released an osprey who'd been hit by a vehicle and picked up from the shoulder of a two-lane blacktop that skirts the western edge of Lassen National Park. The woman who found the bird talked to an employee at a park information booth 
who told her the best thing she could do was put the grounded bird back and, yes, let nature take its course. She said she couldn't do that, so the employee found her a box and gave her a phone number for a veterinarian in Reading. Reading is about two hours west of Lassen. When she got to Reading, the veterinary clinic wasn't open. It's also true that that veterinary clinic is not a wildlife hospital. So she found us on the internet. She was already headed to the coast, which is another three hours. Lassen to Reading is two hours and then three hours further to the coast in Humboldt County. Since she was already headed to the coast, she was able to bring the Osprey to our clinic. It took all day, but eventually we had the bird in care. While in relatively good shape with no external injuries, the Osprey was slow to respond, seeming dazed. Within a couple days, however, in the safety of our clinic, the plunge-diving raptor regained his wits and was flying well and in a very dissatisfied mood. As soon as he was ready, our staff took him on the five-hour drive back to Lassen, back to his lake next to the volcano. He needed nothing more than some time and care, a safe haven where food and safety are provided. If you put the osprey back on the side of the road, and let nature take its course, disoriented and grounded by his collision with a vehicle. It's predictable that the osprey will die. With no treatment, who knows how long it will take for him to recover his wits, if ever, and with no food or water, his slow decline gathers momentum until he's too weak to seek shelter, let alone regain his ability to meet his own needs. Another car, another predator, or a slow death by dehydration is as certain as night follows day. If you provide care, hydration, food, anti-inflammatory medicine, a safe aviary, reduced stress, and you let nature take her course. The bird stands a very good chance of healing and getting a second chance. who we treat recover? Of course not. Many animals do not respond to treatment. The antibiotics are too late to prevent the death of a barn swallow bitten by a house cat. The neurological trauma that leaves the raven with paralyzed legs doesn't resolve. More often, the patient's injuries are simply too severe. The only course we can take is to humanely end the suffering. Any hunter can tell you that you don't let an animal wander off to a slow death from the wounds that you've caused. 
You don't gut shoot a deer and then let nature take its course. Wild animals who've been injured by the human-built world at least have the right to a humane death. The person in uniform or the biologist or the front desk clerk who recommends letting nature take its course may not be able to diagnose the injury, may not be aware that treatment is available, may not be informed at all on this topic. Often the person functioning as the authority is merely parroting a worn phrase we all know so well. Let nature take its course is not a fact-based recommendation. It is not science-based. Now, there are many ways to use this phrase in many situations, but to be clear, when we're talking about injured and orphaned wild animals, letting nature take its course means not taking responsibility for the injury and suffering our society has caused. It is irresponsible, even though it parades as the dispassionate, wider-scoped perspective, not the uneducated, sentimental feelings of compassion. And in this way, nature is made out to be the culprit. Nature is cruel, and the compassionate person is a fool. A logging truck full of trees hits a deer and kills her, leaving her young stranded, too small to survive. The local ranger says the fawn should be left alone, that we should let nature take its course, yet it is nature who is cruel. Meanwhile, who destroys nature foolishly? Is it the person who blunders in picking up a fledgling sparrow, thinking that the bird was in trouble and not simply in an awkward phase of learning to fly? Or a bison calf? Or is it the builders of pipelines, the levelers of forests, the polluters of the sea? Why is it only fitting for nature to take its course when an individual is suffering an injury caused by industrial society? And there is this, the heavy line drawn between the human and the natural, between society and the wild, is religious, not scientific. It is a belief, not a finding. Who among us has the hubris to say where that line runs, or if it exists at all? In the end, letting nature take its course is a fallacy, an error, a hypocrisy, a lie. Right now in Washington, wolves are slated to be slaughtered for having killed cattle that were put out to graze at the wolf's den site on public lands. No cries from the biologists, the wardens, or the clerks now to let nature take its course. No cries at all. That was Letting Nature Take Its Course. And next is a short poem. And then we'll be done.
place of stone. We may not believe its weight will ever lift. Review the Bird Ally X Podcast, Volume 1, Episode 4, Letting Nature Take Its Course. If you'd like to know more about the music that you heard in this episode, please visit our website, birdallyx.net, www.birdallyx.net. While you're there and you'd like to know more about our work, please check out some of our blog posts and other podcasts. And if you'd like to make a donation to support our work, that would be fantastic. And you can do that there too. So until next time, thank you and thank you for your love of the wild. <laughs>